0: Welcome to Fielding Questions, a podcast produced in collaboration between Egg Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network that explores the world of agriculture and rural life. My name is Adam Albrecht. Today, we're speaking with Howard Olson, who serves as SVP Government and Public Affairs with Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Hello, Howard. Hello, Adam. Now, Howard, you've been busy meeting with elected officials lately. Of course, in today's political world, there's a lot going on. A bunch of high profile Supreme Court decisions just came out and the January 6th committees continued to play out there. So I'm just kind of curious, has that sucked any air out of the room in any of your conversations or or what has the mood been like recently when you've met with officials?
1: As I've been meeting with some of these folks over the last uh, couple of weeks, the conversation still continues with agriculture. There's a lot going on with ag. Some of the, the current issues and topics have certainly um, pulled some of the energy away, on uh, some specific bills and programs, but Congress continues to move and has and passed a couple of things that have been good for agriculture, but had a real busy week this, this past week. Monday, I was in Washington, D.C. for uh, the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives' uh, Washington conference that they had. And I was able to attend on Monday where they had a considerable discussion around the Farm Bill. Um, Tuesday, we're back in Fargo again, and and the fargo Moorhead West Fargo Chamber of Commerce had their Midwest Egg Summit. And I facilitated a a panel with uh, Senator Hovind, Senator Klobuchar, and Congressman Fishbach. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, I traveled to Wisconsin and had some meetings with uh, state legislators um, in uh, in Wisconsin, as we talked about agriculture. So
0: it's been a busy week. And speaking of that event that you helped moderate earlier this week, how did it go? What were some of the big takeaways and what was the mood like?
1: Very good moods, I think a very good highlight. You know, we had both House and Senate members there. We had both Republican and Democrat, but when we start talking agriculture, it really becomes bipartisan. And of course, um, uh, Senator Hovind, Senator Klobuchar, Congressman fishbach they all know each other really well. And I think get along really well, uh, and so there was some nice uh, conversation back and forth between between them and a little bit of friendly ribbing about the uh, the number one egg commodities in the different in the two states and so on. But we talked about a number of different issues, but including the top priorities in the farm bill, and of course crop insurance and the farm safety net are our top priorities for all three of them. There was some conversation about the. Conservation programs, and let's make conservation programs that are farmer friendly. Nutrition being roughly seventy six percent of the funding in the farm bill. Of course, that's important, and and uh, is always a, a good subject of conversation, good or bad. And um, and then also uh, specifically with Senator Klobuchar, um, uh, she mentioned broadband and and smart technology in in rural America, and and I think one of the items so that really stuck with me and i think is important for everybody and senator holman really emphasized this that what we see happening today around the world and specifically in ukraine and russia it really underscores the importance of u.s agriculture for the world food needs and, and and it's certainly for our own food needs but also how important agriculture and food is for for global and national security. We have uh, farm programs in this uh, country, uh, certainly to help out the farmers, but really the bottom line is that it's food security and national security for our country. And uh, boy, it just isn't emphasized any more than what we're seeing right now today and and what we're gonna see for the next six, 12, 18 months uh, as we watch different events that could unfold around the world.
0: Now, Howard, you brought up the the next farm bill. Of course, the process for crafting the next farm bill is underway with both the House and the Senate having different meetings. What stood out to you so far within those conversations?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Both the, the Senate has had a couple of farm bill hearings and the House has had quite a few. And I think a couple of things um, that kind of stand out one, will there be any new money that can come into play here uh, to help with new programs, or are we going to be just at the current baseline? Some experts say that there won't be any new money. Some think that it's possible. Boy, you know, a big question, does, does world hunger come into play as we discuss more conservation efforts? And again, everyone has an opinion on that. One item, I heard uh, Dr. Joe Altlaw from Texas A&M, he suggested that instead of making farmers uh, make a decision in January or February on uh, uh, choosing either the ARC program or the PLC uh, farm program. Just provide them the give them the benefit of the one that would pay the best. Uh, his logic behind it is that with um, intelligent decision making, they're going to choose probably choose the one that's going to work well work the best anyway. So there isn't any additional cost to to this, and it would just eliminate the stress of and the time of having to make that decision. Just just pay the best of either one. Heard an interesting suggestion on Monday at the uh, NCFC conference that uh, can we create an index system for input costs and use that to try and index the reference price that we have on the uh, PLC program and even for the the commodity loan program and, and LDPS so that those reference prices could move in relation with the input costs. Thought interesting concept and something that could be done. You know, another question is, are our conservation programs effective? So far, it's probably been more questions raised than answers, and we'll see what answers come out of this as we move forward over the next uh, uh, 12 to uh, 18 months.
0: On the note of conservation programs, since the Biden administration came into office, there has been a lot more talk about climate smart agriculture and becoming a more focal point of the Farm Bill. Of course, there is an election or two prior to any future passage of a Farm Bill. Where do we stand today on the climate smart agriculture front?
1: Well, another really good question, Adam. Uh, You know, I think the consumer and the general public and I think farmers too. We all want to be more climate smart and trying to make a difference and, and do something better. I think what's gonna come into play is uh, what are these programs that, that might come out of this? Um, are they going to be, as I mentioned, farmer friendly? Um, will they be incented or mandatory? And of course, the entire egg industry is pushing for, let's have farmer incented climate programs. And if they are incented, is it enough of an incentive to make a difference? You know, there's uh, the, the carbon markets right now. And carbon sequestration is a lot of talk in agriculture around that. And different egg um, companies have specific climate program or uh, carbon programs. Uh, but so far, what's being offered to farmers on these programs probably isn't enough to cause them to change their farming practices and enroll in that. If they're already thinking of making the changes, this might be enough to make that push. But right now, so far, what they're able to get out of these programs isn't enough to make it uh, make it pay for them. You know, so that's something that's just going to have to be considered as if we want to incent more conservation practices and more sustainable and renewable agriculture, uh, it's got to be somewhat market driven so that there is... Uh, Uh, a return on investment in doing these and a return on investment for the person doing it, uh, not just for the society.
0: Now, the Trump administration placed a lot of tariffs out there during, well, while, while they were in power. And and so far in the first year and a half of the Biden administration, it doesn't really seem like many of those tariffs have been rolled back. Now, of course, you have uh, a Russia-Ukraine conflict, which is really causing some serious displacement in terms of food and uh, where it goes throughout the world. Has there been any talk that you've heard of in which uh, we might be looking at rolling back some of these tariffs in order to help some of that food situation around the world
1: no i have not heard of any that they're considering of rolling back uh i've i've heard of a couple of different markets where we've really lost our international market because of some of those tariffs um, and it's impacted that that industry and these are smaller smaller markets smaller industry Uh, but so far i have not heard of anything that's um, in consideration being Roll back. It's taken the the Biden administration quite a while to get the uh, appointees in place in our trade offices. One was just appointed here or presented to, Congress, to the Senate uh, just a few weeks ago. So, um, and this is. We're almost, um, jeepers, a year and a half into the Biden administration already. And I'm not being critical of, of this administration. I think every administration has challenges with, with these appointments, and it all takes time. And, and, of course, the Senate has been occupied, preoccupied with other different items, too. But, but I'm just stating, you know, making this point that, it, that um, getting the right people in place to make a lot of these things happen just, just takes time. And, and we're just getting to that point now where we're starting to fill those positions.
0: Switching gears a bit here, let's talk about some state-level politics. The Minnesota legislature was in session earlier this year, but given that it wasn't a budget year, nothing necessarily needed to get done. One item of note that did make it to the governor's desk, however, was a bipartisan egg bill featuring drought relief and broadband funding, among others, which is a small win for area farmers, wasn't it?
1: Oh yeah, very much so, and and specifically on the drought relief for those, and I and I'm thinking more across the northern part of Minnesota, and uh, and the folks with livestock and cow calf operations where they said had to sell you know uh, cow calf pairs uh, because of running out of pasture. They had additional costs for hauling feed or water and so on. The the program now that was passed in the legislature in Minnesota this year provides uh, a grant up to seventy five hundred dollars for any additional expenses that farmers may have incurred um, due to the drought and and again targeted towards the livestock you know so it's for hauling feed or hauling water from longer distances
0: how about north dakota of course there wasn't a session this year but that doesn't mean work still isn't being done are there any issues that are happening within the state that are still being worked on even in this downtime
1: Yes, there is. There are several different committees, but specifically for agriculture, a couple of pro- projects that people are working on. One of them is the uh, is a project that has to do with drainage, uh, water drainage, and uh, uh, ditches, drains, and so on, and uh, I believe it's Senator Lewick out of the Wapiton area is leading that. And then um, Senator out of Hillsboro, I believe, is leading um, a, a, a committee on some transportation and uh, looking at trucking and truckload issues and uh, longer, longer trucks and and so on. So a couple of items going on. Uh, quite honestly, um, we haven't been following that real close yet, uh, and we'll wait to see what they um, come up with out of their out of their committees. So a little quieter in North Dakota. We did have the opportunity to meet with the North Dakota Egg Commissioner Doug Goring a couple of weeks ago, and and that was an interesting conversation. And we talked a little bit uh, about different things in agriculture, and and specifically uh, a bit about animal agriculture and and concentrated animal egg in North Dakota, and, and how we can get more of that to. Um, to be feeding some of the soybean meal that we're going to have from the the new crush plants. There's opportunities in North Dakota like crazy right now, and it's just going to be uh, really interesting to watch the next 12 to 24 months.
0: Let's talk about Wisconsin now. You were recently meeting with elected officials there. What's all happening in Wisconsin?
1: Yes, we had the opportunity to meet with uh, State Representative John Spiros from the Marshfield area and State Representative Donna Rosar from Marshfield in two separate meetings. Very good uh, visit with them and we just shared with them a little bit more about um, ag country and a little bit more about agriculture in that area and then heard a little from them of of upcoming uh, issues and things that they might be working on. And um, our meeting with Representative Spiros, he made the comment, he just said, I have to be right up front with you, I'm just not real good on agriculture and uh, real knowledgeable on it. And I said, well, that's partly why we're here. So it was a good opportunity to uh, um, learn a bit from them, but also to provide a little education for them. And then on Thursday, we met with uh, Representative Shankland from Stevens Point and Senator Teston from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Again, both real good meetings. Uh, Both of those folks are involved on the Wisconsin, on their, their respective ag committees. Uh, but again, it was to just build some relationships and tell them a little bit more about agriculture and talk about ag in our area.
0: Howard, is there anything else of note to mention before we sign off here?
1: Yeah, we've been really active with the uh, former Congressman Colin Peterson uh, in a in a program a group called the uh, Midwest Council on Agriculture. And uh, this Midwest Council on Agriculture was formed by several agribusinesses throughout a six-state area, uh, really to bring a voice of the upper Midwest um, into Washington. And uh, just want to mention that that this is moving along real nicely. We're somewhere 60 to 70 members, but we are holding a um, a Midwest Council uh, Agriculture Forum in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota on August 22nd and 23rd. And this is specifically for members of the Midwest Council on Agriculture. Uh, But we're going to be looking, uh, visiting with individuals from different universities throughout our four or five states and uh, talk about a number of different ag issues, but also should we be looking at some type of a center for rural policy or center for ag policy uh, collaboration between those. So just some interesting information or some interesting events that are happening right now and some good thoughts of of what we might be able to do in this area. Just wanted to throw that out there as as something that, uh, another item that we're working on. One other piece here, and this one's really interesting. I've had the opportunity to work with Mark Jurek at the Northern Crops Institute, along with a couple of other people, and we are putting together a board and executive level conference uh, called The Next Five Years in agriculture here, we're, and just in people in general, we're talking about, wow, well, we're gonna have electric vehicles, we're gonna have hydrogen vehicles, and uh, we're gonna be rid of out of the out of the fossil fuels. Well, we seem to be jumping so far ahead. That's gonna be a long time before that comes. We're, we're jumping ahead to 10 or 12 or 20 years, and we don't think about what are the next five years gonna bring. So we're really trying to put together a conference here, a board and executive level information Uh, Kind of starting out with a global ag and food outlook and the implications and opportunities to both the U.S. and Midwest agriculture. Then we're going to start to drill down a little further into the food supply and supply chains. Talk about uh, drought, fertilizer, all of these things and the implications that they have to food supply. How does climate action fit into all of this? And then last, uh, we're at an energy and ag crossroads here uh, right now, and I think a lot of opportunities for agriculture in the energy area, for example, with renewable diesel and sustainable aviation fuels and so on. And so we're going to have a good discussion around that as well. Um, that conference is going to be on Monday, September 12th, and it will be held in Moorhead. This is the Monday right before Big Iron, uh, but it'll be held in Moorhead and, and uh, something that we'll have some more information coming out on in the, in the near future.
0: Well, fantastic. Thank you very much, Howard, for joining us here today. We truly appreciate that. Very good. Thank you, Adam. That is Howard Olson, SVP, Government and Public Affairs with Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Thanks for listening along today. If you have a question about a financial topic, Egg Country would love to hear from you. You can message them on Facebook, tweet at them on Twitter, or submit your question using their website at eggcountry.com.